Ready to party. Ready to hop in and do the thing together. I like that built-in sigh in your voice. I feel like that's exemplary of how you feel in most ways. <sighs> yeah, you know me. have more to announce in the future what's up everybody this is the console crusade podcast i am Jiggle. this is the fuzz we are coming at you live from your local walmart how's everybody doing tonight what radio station did i just tune into (laughs) i'm ej olsen this is nick derheim and we're doing the pod thing for what week six is this six consecutive weeks no one ever said it was possible until it did (laughs) here we are we're just uh a rousing success story Hey, man, listen, I went to our stats the other day. We had like 400 downloads on the last episode, unless I was reading those stats wrong, which might be possible. <laughs> so past three weeks, it's been 440 downloads. Total downloads, yeah. Hey, that's not bad. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad. That's okay. We're talking to somebody out there. I mean, yeah, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, we're on all the all the places. See, it's funny. We, we do this podcast, but it's not because... We think we're, you know, people are listening. It's because we're just talking about stupid things. And this is what we did before we had a podcast. And that's what we'll do after we have a podcast. And maybe we'll put it on LinkedIn and someone will care. On LinkedIn? Who uses LinkedIn for business purposes? I don't know. I'm assuming professionals. Ah, that is not us, my friend. Sorry, I'm sipping my, my Mongo LaCroix. Getting ready to go for this podcast. All right. Nicholas, last podcast. We talked about Nintendo. They had a direct, they delayed it. We talked about our predictions. Uh, One of us was very wrong, mostly wrong. I wasn't so wrong in that I was going to be disappointed. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy right there, though. Yeah. So what do you think about this thing? That's insider trading. Uh, Personally, (laughs) like... (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Like I said last week, I didn't really have a lot of high expectations coming into it. And honestly, I feel like they exceeded my expectations in that we got two pretty big game announcements that are going to be happening for next year. They didn't spend a lot of time with 3DS. They kind of glazed over what's going on with online, which we all sort of knew. And then it was just a bunch of games that would have been surprises last week, but ended up being sort of like, oh yeah, we knew about that, we knew about that, we knew about that. Right. So all in all, it felt like a a late year direct from Nintendo. After stepping back... You know, because initially I was watching it and every single thing that popped up on screen was just, I don't know if it was because I already knew it was happening or like even the things I didn't know just did not tickle me. So every time a new headline popped up, I was growing more and more frustrated until the very, very end. But when you step back and look on paper and just say, okay, we got X, Y, and Z, that's pretty good. That's a that's a pretty good day. It's a pretty good half hour. You just want to kind of go down the list here of what we talked about and we'll kind of dive into some of these and we'll... Yeah, sure. All right, man, kick us off. Oh, you want me to have the dog? Oh, open? dude, you, Nick, this is your time to shine, my friend. So Nintendo started off with Luigi's Mansion 3. Hey, that's only a working title. A brand new game announcement for the Switch. And we had actually just talked about this last week. I don't know if it actually made it on because it was part of the, the lost episode that we will continue to refer to. I promise we wouldn't. Because we knew that Luigi's Mansion was getting remade on 3DS. Why? And you're saying, well, why, do they, why don't they bring it to the real platform? And I think they showed that 3DS is kind of where they're putting a lot of ports and weird kind of side things that real gamers don't care about, like Kirby's extra epic yarn. 
but then we're getting real releases, getting real sequel on the Switch. So do you have any care in the world for Luigi's Mansion 3? Did you play the first one? Did you play Dark Moon? No, played neither of them. So I, I couldn't tell you, you know, anything about the damn games other than you're Luigi and you have a Ghostbuster machine and you're going room to room and busting ghosts. This doesn't move the needle for me, but it's a principle of the matter. And I agree with you that, okay, they're giving us this port on the 3DS that nobody asked for, despite it being a beloved game. Why is it not coming to the Switch? I think announcing Luigi's Mansion 3 only reinforces that. Luigi's Mansion should absolutely be a port to the Switch. Not just from, you know, that makes sense because you should be supporting and only supporting the current-gen platform, given the nature of the business and where Nintendo stands right now. But also, like, it's not a perfect way to test the technology and knocking out two birds at once. What's the saying? Two birds stoned at once. They're getting high together. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then to the, your point about Kirby, that game, that's good for, you know, a couple hundred thousand copies. Why is not not coming to the Switch? I'd be perfectly happy with a $40 port of a Kirby game. I love Kirby. I think some of it has to do with just putting games on the 3DS because they're still selling... 3ds's you know it's it, people like to buy new things even if it's not like really new so i think nintendo would rather make a new luigi's mansion than port the old one which is kind of confusing because at the same time they're also putting out a port of the new super mario brothers so that kind of sinks my whole theory immediately but it's interesting i think with uh, luigi's mansion specifically it feels like I'm not entirely certain about this, but it feels like they took the Dark Moon engine and just remade the old GameCube one in it. That makes a lot of sense. Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, I think, is really... That was completely out of the blue. I did not expect to see a Kirby remake coming to the 3DS. I'm not going to lie. I legitimately would have bought this if it was coming to the Switch. It's one of those games I, I missed on the Wii. I still see it. You know, Walmart still sells that freaking game brand new. And it always looked sort of appealing to me. And then I played Yoshi's Woolly World. And I was like, if if Kirby's Epic Yarn is the same, it's just a classic Kirby game, but cute as hell. Fuck yeah, I'm all in on that. But it's coming to the 3DS. So no, I will not give Nintendo any more of my money for, for that platform. Not going to happen. And I'm pretty sure it's the same developer. I'm pretty sure the original Epic Yarn was good feel. And they're also the ones that are making Yoshi's Crafted World now. And they're the ones that made Yoshi's Woolly World. Okay. So I don't know what that... If they have a different uh, studio working on the port to 3DS or that's all inside baseball that I have no idea the details on. I didn't pay attention to the copyrights at the bottom of the screen to see if that was going to be an indicator. Sort of the theme of this direct was just Port City, man. I'm looking at this list. It's all ports. It's a lot of ports and it's also, I put a little asterisk by all the things that we knew about already. Right. Whether or not, I didn't specify whether it was the things that were announced in the interim week, but I mean, they only spent three or four minutes on 3ds stuff when what they announced that they're gonna be talking about 3ds and switch games you had the initial reaction of <laughs> worst case scenario where they would spend a third of the time talking about smash a third talking about online and then a third talking about 3ds yeah, so we're gonna get we're gonna get fucking 12 minutes on 3ds <laughs> games on mario and luigi again a port of a game that you can buy and play on a current gen system doesn't fucking make sense to me i don't get it i don't want it it makes me mad I'm angry about it. Give that. Why, why can't I download it on the Switch? Give me that on the eShop. I will play all the Mario and Luigi RPGs if you just give them to me on a console I'm currently playing. It's really funny. The math is simple, man. I don't know why they do that. I mean, with the DS games specifically, they're kind of tailor-made for the two-screen experience. 
so I can understand why they would up-res it and put it on 3DS. It's the same reason why all the that WarioWare Gold came out on 3DS, because you can't really do the DS games on Switch right, yeah. because you don't have a stylus. It's weird. So I can kind of understand that. But And they also just remade uh, Superstar Saga last year. This will be all of the... No, there's one other DS game. There's Partners in Time, correct? Yeah, there's two DS. There's a Game Boy Advance, two DS games, and two 3DS games. And so Partners in Time was actually before Bowser's Inside Story, wasn't it? Bowser's Inside Story, I think, just reviewed better. Hmm. Might have even sold better, so that's probably why they did that. Again, another 3DS port. We can move on from that because my blood pressure is through the roof right now. Right, and then we saw some more stuff about Yoke Watch Blasters, which is out, which is, like I said, third-party Japanese studio. That's uh, level five. They're the team that did uh, Dark Cloud and also Professor Layton. Like they kind of do these sort of niche kind of very Japanese games. And Yoke Watch is sort of like their Pokemon, their grab at that kind of style of game. It's a collectathon. There are monsters. There are two versions of each game. Right. These must be selling well because this will be the fifth and sixth Yokai Watch games, right? I think so. And they do pretty well in Japan. And then they come out in the US and like the West in general, usually like a year later. And I don't think they've really caught on yet, but I think they're trying to. Like there's an anime and everything. Wait, really? There's Yokai Watch anime. Almost 100% sure that, that is true. <laughs> that instills in me. No confidence whatsoever. <laughs> and it never should. Never take my word for the truth. Anyway, so that they wrap up the 3DS stuff and they move on to Switch. And they start that off with a Splatoon 2 update with just some new clothes and very odd like anime intro kind of style where it's just using the in-game fake language and you don't you can't read anything they're not saying anything you're just like okay what am i looking at it's just it's just a weird cutscene showing I, I i guess technically they're new things but i wouldn't fucking know i wouldn't know that any of that was new at least at the end they're like hey check out our tumblr <laughs> for real news <laughs> listen i follow nintendo on tumblr i do do you follow splatoon us uh, on no, Tumblr? no, just Nintendo. So that's where you got the the real info. That's where I found out. Oh, okay. So they're actually showing off the the new line of clothing, which is based on like an actual Japanese fashion brand. Which I don't know. I mean, it's cool. People are into that, I guess. And then, like I told you, they're changing the Splatfest. So now you can finally, if you and your friends choose the same team, you can do any number between one and four players, and always be on the same team during the Splatfest. Thank God. Which is nice. And then also... A little consolation. Who knows if they'll ever make it so you actually want to play with your friends and always be on the same team. That would be very nice. I feel like there has to be a reason they don't do that though, right? Is it some twisted form of competitive balance where they look at that and say, well, we don't want a squad getting together and making a lobby unfun for young players or new players. Like it's some bullshit reason, right? That's not really a thing. Yeah, I'm sure it's that. I don't know if they've ever gone out on the record and said why, but... If you ever bring up the uh, discrepancies between Splatoon 2 and other online games to Splatoon fans, then they are very readily going to defend it and say, well, you don't want groups of like real players pub stomping in the casual arena. I guess that's a thing. It's not, I think, a good reason. What should happen is that Nintendo actually develops an online system that pairs players of similar strength yeah, like have a matchmaking rank like literally every other game has. Yeah. I mean, we even experienced that last night where we were trying to play uh, league battles with two of our friends and we had a four-player team going and we are just playing against a bunch of Japanese players who just kicked us right into the dirt and it was not fun for us and it would take us seven games in order to get our matchmaking rank 
like evaluated. And who knows if even then we would find anyone to play against because we weren't playing very well. I wonder how much of that was. That's just a, a lobby thing. There aren't enough players. But even in the casual mode, you're you're playing. We're you know there was a level 140 or some shit. You know. Yeah, and even then, like the turf war is just a really fun and easy way to get into the game. You don't always do tower defense or clan blitz or whatever the other modes are. Sometimes you just want to ink the ground and have some fun with your friends. Let me preface this. I'm going to hopefully not turn this into a rant, but I love Splatoon. I spent many hours in Splatoon playing with you, playing with Leaf, playing with Drew. Lots of fun. Playing with my little brothers. I love the game. I want more Splatoon. We played last night. I had a lot of fun. And it's a game that you know I, I don't want to forget about just because it's been a year, a year and a half since it came out. And And Splatoon fans are happy that they keep rolling out DLC. But it strikes me as odd that Nintendo's like, oh, we're going to support the game for another year. Like, releasing outfits is not an incentive for me to keep playing the game. I love the base game, but like, you know, the Octopath expansion introduced some new stuff. That's good. But if you want to keep the game Octopath. fresh, what did I say? <laughs> you said Octopath. <laughs> what is it? It's, it's Octo expansion, <laughs> but it came out like at the same time as Octopath Traveler. So I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, right? My computer just went to sleep on me. For fuck's sake, EJ, why don't you just plug it into the wall? It won't fall asleep if you do that one trick. Doctors hate it. I'm going to make sure my screensaver doesn't go off again. Never. So anyway, they need more game modes, okay? Like, I'm still waiting on a classic team deathmatch mode. Why? Splatoon's been out now. It's been fucking three and a half years since the OG Splatoon launched. You know, we got Grizzco, Salmon Run. That's a very cool game mode. But if it were any other company, we'd be getting a, a Splatoon Battle Royale like yesterday. Ah, that wouldn't work. I wouldn't want a Splatoon Battle Royale. Of all the IPs. No, not, not Splatoon at all. The best Battle Royale they could make would be with Zelda Breath of the Wild because that's already a survival game. With Splatoon, it's all about area control where you're inking the ground. How would that work with a hundred different colors? That wouldn't work at all. Get out of here. Wow. Dude, just a bright... Fun game where everyone's shooting each other. That's Fortnite. A hundred players wouldn't work in Splatoon. Like, what would you do? That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not saying it has to be like Splatoon. It, like, the, the ink color doesn't matter here. You're, you're overthinking it. It just needs to be a Nintendo skin. I would want a three-team Splatoon. I think that would be very interesting. Like, the whole push and pull between two players is interesting because you have... Like, what you like to do is you deep dive and you go into the enemy's base. But if you've got that with three teams vying for area... Like, just Turf War alone would be... Extremely fascinating to see in a three-team arena. We need bigger maps. Well, yeah, you'd have to take what is a two-way map because they're they're symmetrical, and you'd have to split it into three, like three spokes. I wonder if that would be a logistical nightmare, or if now we're talking four-way matches. <laughs> Making an online game for Nintendo is a logistical nightmare. Hopefully, in the next three years, they'll figure something out. Right. And to give them the smallest amount of credit, I do like that they've introduced one new game mode since the launch of the game with that Clan Blitz, which I still haven't played yet, but... Nor have I. Who knows if it's any good. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe I did play the Clan Blitz once. I think I did actually play it with Daniel. Don't recall anything about it. I do remember him bringing it up, though. So if that says anything about the game mode, I don't know. Not a glowing review from <laughs> our friend Ejiggle. No. All right, what's next? Anyway, they showed that for a little bit, then they showed Mega Man 11, mm. and that it has a demo. And that still has a release date and it's still coming out on Switch. How are you feeling about Mega Man 11? You're not really, uh, you don't have any really attachment to Mega Man, but both of us have attachments to Mega Man X. Right. I So for a few reasons, I like this. One, it gives me hope that if the Mega Man X collection sees success, we'll get a new Mega Man X game. Cool. Yeah, same. 
I'm cautiously optimistic that that that's a thing. As far as the game itself, it looks like Mega Man, but kind of weird in 3D. I I just I don't really like any of the NES Mega Man games or any of their successors. It's just it's less sort of action platformy and just like that's a dumb way to say it because it that's exactly what it is. But it's less like you're running through and you're sort of reacting and it's more of memorizing the exact pattern. That's not fun to me. Have you got a chance to play the demo yet? No, and I probably won't. It's just one level and they start you out with uh, two enemy weapons and they have like a little tutorial training mode thing where you get a chance to play around with the gear mode, which is the thing where you can slow down time or have a charged up uh, blaster. So it kind of gives you a little chance to mess around with the different weapons. But okay, I found the, the level design to be not so much attuned to the old style where it was very memorization heavy. Everything that killed me, it felt like I deserved. Okay. Like they, they would introduce an element and then iterate on that element. It was more well designed. I tell you, it shocks me though that it's coming out next month. Like it feels like this game was just announced. And I guess it's a Mega Man game. It doesn't take three years to make a freaking Mega Man game, but yeah, they announced it last year. Then they was it that long ago? Yeah, they announced it end of last year, like October ish. I feel like they announced it this summer, and suddenly it's here. So they showed that. Then they moved along to Mario Tennis Aces, showing off some new characters and some additional modes. Like you're saying, very low stakes kind of evolution upon their multiplayer offerings. And any game that involves online, it seems like they're doing some minor steps to try and entice the player base to keep playing. Right. Because heaven knows you're not going to get any big third party multiplayer games you get Fortnite, and that's pretty I say much nothing it. like Fortnite, right but also Fortnite's also said that they will not require your online subscription for you to keep playing on switch what a fucking move i mean that's brilliant on their part from everything i've read the Fortnite port on switch is a bloody nightmare yeah they've been making very active changes it seems like that's the best case scenario for it is that they're active in trying to make it the best port as they can and they're not afraid to like they recently churned off the uh, capture function for video to see if they could make it run better mm. based on that because that's a like a minor RAM usage that they can try and utilize better in the game itself. They have like weekly updates. So I, I feel like they can get this to run on my iPhone fine. The Switch should not be a problem. And it runs a little bit better on Switch than on iPhone if you watch the Digital Foundry stuff. I, I have no vested interest in Fortnite whatsoever. Again, a lot of this is the the principle of the matter, you know? I like to keep my eye on it because it's a very big game, and it seems like that would probably have reverberations and repercussions on other developers, like you've seen with Call of Duty and Battlefield also having, essentially, Battle Royale modes added to them. Well, can we talk about for a second, just because the next thing on the list here is Capcom-related? Right. Five years ago, Capcom seemed dead in the water, man. They were doing yeah, everything they wrong. they were not doing great. <laughs> everything wrong. And... They slowly started doing some really consumer-friendly things and sort of listening to the fans and giving us what we wanted. And then they dropped, you know, the new Resident Evil game did really well. And now they're doing the Mega Man thing. And Monster Hunter World. Yeah, Monster Hunter was a rousing success. And and now we're getting these weird little ports of things that only sort of a niche audience wants. But you, you look at it and you say, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's going to do well for them. So the next one is the beat-em-up bundle, right? Which I don't think has had a price put on it yet. What I'm afraid of is that they're going to pull what they did with the Ultra Street Fighter 2 and charge $60 for it. Yeah, that would be a very Cashcom move. Yeah, Cashcom. But it's interesting because, like you said, nobody was asking for this. 
But I think they found such success with their Mega Man Legacy Collection and their Afternoon Collection and the Mega Man X Collection that they're just saying, hey, we've got a bunch of games that have the big old square pixels and the sprites and let's just cram them all together and sell them for way too much and actually get some money off these games that we made 100 years ago. But hey, we're we're glad to buy them, you know, provided the games run well. People like the games, let them buy it again. It's a great barometer for, you know, how popular this franchise is or this, in, in this case this genre might be this genre has been dead for so long so it was temporarily revived back in the xbla games yeah days getting castle crashers and having a great old time with that or scott pilgrim so scott pilgrim is sadly a game i did not have a chance to play and it's been just scrubbed clean you should ask max if he still has his 360 because i know he had that game i'm sure i could probably download a a rom of it right and play it on my computer maybe i don't know i don't know if it ever came out on pc Pokemon Crystal never came out on PC, but I can play that. I don't think there's a 360 emulator. That would strike me as odd. And also, if that would even work with live arcade games, like if those operated the same way as a tried and true like physical release or what. It's weird. It gets really weird at that point in console games, you know? This is one of my big concerns with going into an all-digital future, is one day these games won't exist anymore. And not only from a preservation standpoint... I invested in this game. I gave you my money so that I can own the license to this game in perpetuity, right? But if if my Xbox goes up in flames, I'll never be able to download that game again. It's gone forever, and you took my money. You're thieves. That's what that is. And whether it's for licensing issues, rights, whatever, I don't know why Scott Pilgrim disappeared, but it's gone. And there are a lot of people who will never play that game again who you know lost $30. That's frustrating. It turns into a big licensing kerfuffle like you said hopefully they get that figured out and you know what odds are in like a year they'll say you know what we'll make more money if we get this licensing figured out than it would cost to get it out again and they'd be like it's finally back buy it again and everyone will happily cheer and clap and buy it again i feel like that's more likely than not but after capcom beat up bundle we got the long rumored new super mario brothers u deluxe Ugh. the most difficult name to say of a video game in years. <laughs> I mean, really, Nintendo is just going all out and showcasing their historically awful naming conventions. The new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. <laughs> like, What a branding nightmare. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So how do you feel about this? How do you, I mean, they should have put an extra in there also. Personally, I haven't gotten the chance to play any new Super Mario Bros. games before. Like, I feel like I ha- there was a new Luigi demo that I had on my Wii U, but... I haven't actually played any of them besides just Mario Maker levels. So I would be interested in buying this and giving it a play just because people actually do say that it's a very, very good game. And I believe them because 2D Mario games are fantastic and I haven't played a bad one except for Mario Land 1, which was weird. I like that game a lot. Every other one's good. I mean, I'm going to lie. It's not bad, but it's it's a weird Mario game. I like that game a lot. I played it in 2014 or 15 for the first time. Really? Was that that was that like a 3DS ambassador game that you were like, no. I took my money, so no. I might as well play this bad game. I picked up a copy at CD Game Exchange, and I was this is when I was still obsessively trying to complete games in my backlog and just fill in that, that Excel spreadsheet with little green right. boxes. Oh, I, I completed this game. So I was going through and finding games that... According to how long to beat right, dot yeah. com, where, you know, oh, this game only takes an hour to beat. Oh, great. I'm going to knock this off my backlog. Never beat it because it's frustratingly difficult, but it was a lot of fun. It was weird. You're right when you when you say it's quote unquote not a Mario game, but it's it's still Mario and you're still jumping. 
it plays like a weird Chinese knockoff Mario game. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was early early Game Boy, so they were still experimenting with the platform and figuring out how to translate launch title. Was it? Yeah, eighty nine. Okay. Yeah. So no, here's my two cents on it. On the new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I'm trying not to be bitter and frustrated because at the end of the day, I don't begrudge Nintendo for for porting games. It's a really low stakes, low cost, you know, endeavor that is giving. A players who never had a chance to play these games, you know, a chance to play them, and B. Well, they had a chance, but they had to wear the albatross of the Wii U around their neck. You know what I mean? That's exactly it. Uh, but but B, it's giving it's giving me a chance to play a game that I did play and did well. I played, <laughs> and and you know, the Switch again is, is just the most optimal way to play a game anymore. I play it on the bathroom, play it in in the bedroom, play it at work. I'm I'm grateful, but I'll tell you what doesn't make sense to me is that we're getting this game. In lieu of a 3D World port, which is what we should For be getting. Real. And yeah. the fact that we're two years in, well, we're a year and a half in to the Switch's life, and we've heard nothing of a Mario Maker game. Why are you giving us a 2D Mario game when Mario Maker is sitting there? Are, are they just holding on to that? It would make so much more sense with the online. What I think, since they haven't announced a Mario Maker port yet, is I would imagine they're working on a sequel. I'm sure they just are. because Mario Maker was so good, and they already ported it to 3DS that I... Maybe they don't want to port it a third time. Maybe that's it. But I feel like there's enough ideas there to make a a second iteration on it. Different um, games they can take tile sets from and different mechanics they can put in there. I was gonna say a sequel isn't gonna be much different. It, again, yeah, like you said, it would be it would be new tile sets, and there are some things that they need to fix on the back end and as far as the UI goes. But what, what's a sequel gonna look like? It's gonna be the more of the same. Yeah, more the same. Maybe get stuff from Mario Bros. 2, get stuff from Mario Land 2. I think that'd be really cool because there's unique power-ups to that game. Different uh, structural kind of things you could do with uh, having levels lead into each other, creating worlds, basically. Right. I think that'd be very interesting. Yeah, I, There's a very high design ceiling when it comes to making a game where you can make a game. And Nintendo's incredibly creative. So I would like a sequel because there are so many things they can add. I guess it makes sense that they would be saving it just given the... You know, like you said, last year was relatively weak, and this next year is looking... I think it looks about the same. I don't think there's anything that's, you know, we have Smash Bros. this year, but there's nothing next year that looks to be the next Mario or Zelda. I guess if that's the... Pokemon? You think the the next Pokemon mainline game will actually come out in 2019? Yeah. Okay. All right. But again, it's not a Nintendo I don't have, thing. I, mean, I just don't have any reason to think that it won't. And it would be interesting to see how well Let's Go sells. I think it's going to do well... But I don't know how good the messaging is around it being a spin-off because it is a lot closer to a, a mainline game than your typical Pokemon Dash or Pokemon Rumble game is, you know? It is a mainline Pokemon game, except they took out the one thing Pokemon's known for, and that's the fucking Pokemon battles. I mean, you still get battles with trainers, but the capturing is a lot more, like, babyfied. Yeah, it just... It's okay because that's also one of the things that's the most tedious about it. I don't know. We could have an entire conversation about Pokemon Let's Go once it comes out because we're both inevitably going to buy it because we have so much ne- yellow nostalgia. I'm, I'm buying that game day one and I'm going to play it and hopefully enjoy it. I'm hoping that the things they change aren't going to frustrate the shit out of me. But for all intents and purposes, it is just a remake. And I wish they would have just stayed true to the original format. I think they just want to bring in as many people from Pokemon Go as possible. And they think that maybe taking out that stumbling block of having constant battles would be a better thing. And I do like the idea of seeing Pokemon in the overworld. That's it's awesome. interesting to me. Yeah. So I want to see how that pans out. I want to see what lessons they learned from making this game that 
for all intents and purposes, is the most different a Pokemon game has been in years. So I want them to learn good lessons from that and hopefully not let that detract from the next Pokemon game, but let it improve it. And hopefully the fans will be accepting of improvements because we've talked about this before also, the duality between the old school Pokemon fans and the new school Pokemon fans and how it's a hard audience to try and please everyone. So you have to make sacrifices to try and appease one crowd where you would lose parts of the other. It's, it's hard. I can't imagine the responsibility of making a game that is loved by so many people. I don't understand that point of view necessarily because the Pokemon games have not changed in 20 years. They've been the exact same fucking thing with really iterative improvements. The only difference being is my nine-year-old brother's favorite Pokemon are not Gen 1 Pokemon. That's the only difference is, is the games he first played. That, that's the generation of Pokemon he's in love with. But the games are the same thing. Red and blue are the same fucking thing as like X and Y, essentially. Yeah, essentially. But your favorite Pokemon game isn't the game that came out last, right? So Right, which is, again, this is, this is why they're going back to the well and doing a remake. I just wish that the whole capturing Pokemon thing in the, in the, the wild battles, I wish that was optional at least. Like, if you want to babify it and try to bring in that audience from, from Pokemon Go... I'm totally on board with that, but I think you can do both and relatively easily and kind of appease both. You bring in the newbies, but keep the hardcore fans happy. Yeah, that would be interesting. But anyway, they're not doing that, unfortunately. But yeah, 2019 is looking pretty interesting. The new Super Mario Bros. game is coming out in January alongside a lot of other games, seems like. I would like to double check, but it feels like nothing on here is really that far into 2019. I was kind of surprised. I was thinking that maybe we would see something from either Bayonetta 3 or Metroid Prime 4, but that seems like that's going to be E3 next year. So really the only thing that I'm seeing that's of any consequence is Town and Damon X Machina as far as like later than just January of 2019. But I feel like 2019 is a better year for Nintendo than 2018 is shaping up to be with really only two flagship titles and then a kind of surprise success with Octopath. Maybe it's just because I look at 2019 and I say, eh, not much of this interests me. Some of it does. And the stuff that interests me from 2018, I think it's just, they're just bigger games than what's coming in 2019. But I guess, objectively, 2019 may have more to offer, but also depends on how good the games are. Yeah, that's always a, a factor. But anyway, let's move along, because, boy howdy, they announced a Katamari Damacy remake. And it's been a, such a long time coming, and I've been hoping and dreaming for this for years. I thought of you, man. And it's happening on my, on my Nintendo Switch. I, do you remember a couple of years ago sitting in my backyard, barbecuing, eating some hot dogs, and you were talking to me about this game, and you were like showing me, like you were bringing up the soundtrack on your phone and playing yep. bits from that, and then I was like, I have no idea what this game is, so you pull up gameplay for me. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I had no idea this game existed before that day. Really? That's so interesting to me. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, I mean, Katamari Damacy is a Bandai Namco game, came out on the PlayStation 2 in like the mid to late PS2 era where they were kind of feeling their oats and having weird Japanese games coming out on there. It's like around the era of like Guitar Man and Mr. Mosquito, like really random stuff like that. Right. But it's just, you're controlling the entire game with just two sticks and you're just rolling a ball forward and then left and right and you're picking up things. And it's kind of like a very beautiful cell shaded game, but you start out very small and as you roll things up, the ball gets bigger and bigger. And it's like a time trial puzzle game where you're trying to roll up as much stuff as you can. And so you're taking different routes and oh, if I go this way, then I can pick up this dog food and then pick up this sushi set and then this chair and then you can roll bigger and bigger. But it's and very simple in its gameplay and its design, but it's so satisfying to play and the music's 
wonderful and it's fun to look at and just this feels nice, dude. This is just the first game. This isn't the trilogy. No, this is just the first game. There are three games, correct, in the series? There have been like probably about four or five games. Some of them I feel like are spinoffs. They made this weird mobile game that was a endless runner kind of thing. It wasn't really true to the gameplay. And the guy who was heading these games, I don't believe, is even at the studio anymore. So I feel like they're probably just going for the HD remaster kind of vibe because of nostalgia, but also probably to see if there's any interest in reviving this IP that's been dead since 360, I'm pretty sure. HD DVD. HD. I'm going to give it a go. You're going to pick it up. I'm going to give it a go. I like adorable things and that self-shaded vibe. You know, that's timeless. So Yeah, it's quirky. You got the, the King of Cosmos who's got very interesting and funny dialogue to read. I know you like to have a good chuckle every now and then. You know, sometimes you just want to get on that, that weird Imakuni bandwagon. Weird and creepy. <laughs> Definite Imakuni vibes from just the, the weird onesies that these people wear. Their giant headpieces and stuff. Imakuni scared the fuck out of me as a child. I was legitimately terrified of that man. He gave me... He's like a role model of what not to do with your life. I don't know why it creeped me out so much. It was like reading all the weird creepypasta style Pokemon theories before Creepypasta was a thing when I was a kid. And for some reason, seeing this weird little man with the weird dialogue hiding in the corner of this obscure game in some strange part of town just evoked those particular feelings. And I was like, this is like some weird glitch and this isn't real and he's going to kidnap me or something. Well, I mean, he's just like this middle-aged Japanese dude who's a combination of Tingle and Mickey Mouse who shows up randomly in, in areas of the game and he fights you and you get a deck... You get like cards from him that are specifically drops from him. It was wonderful. For those of you listening, we're talking about the Pokemon training card game on the Game Boy. Wonderful game. Bring that series back. I don't know if I would be so into it now, just given how the game has changed and how many Pokemon there are now. I don't think it would be up my alley. But I did play the original Pokemon training card game on Game Boy last year, the year before, and I, I played through it and beat it. Excellent music. Oh, dude. Timeless classic. So good. All right, I'm lo- I'm looking down at our list here, and I'm I, I might need to step away. You might need to have to go solo on this one and talk about this without me here, lest I put my fist through my monitor here. Well, yeah. So after that little bit of uh, Switch games, they decided to talk about okay, it's time to go into Nintendo Switch Online. Boy, I'll tell you what, they did not <laughs> give us really any more details that we didn't already know. I believe the only new information we got was uh, the ten missing NES titles. And then they also broke down that they're adding three games a month from NES into the online sort of offering. So how soon until they run out of licenses and it's just like just absolute drivel? Bottom of the I mean, they're already scraping the bottom of the barrel. Did you see that list? That was not an appealing list. From what I've seen, they've got licenses from like four different Japanese companies. They got stuff from Arc System Works, stuff from Konami, stuff from Koei Tecmo, stuff from Capcom. And then one other game from HAL, which they're very close with Nintendo anyway, so that's not a big surprise. I'd be interested to see if they get anything from stuff like Square or Konami. Those are kind of the big missing ones in there. And also, honestly, anything that's not NES, because I don't really care about anything on the NES. It would be fun to go back and replay Mario 3. Uh, Maybe I'll actually get through uh, Legend of Zelda. No, no you won't, because Legend of Zelda is not a very fun game to play. It's just not. Yeah, but it's nice to hear that music in the in the 8-bit and just play it through it with a guide, you know, just to have that experience, have that knowledge, have that literacy. Yeah, the, the online 
part of the direct only reinforce that this is going to be a disaster. They're going to piss a lot of people off. I imagine there will be refunds involved. And I, I'm just bummed that this, you know, we have two days. But by the time actually the pod comes out, it'll have already happened. We'll have crossed that threshold and there's no going back. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be any refunds. I feel like they're not over-promising, you know? <laughs> I just expect that things are going to stop working. Something is going to go horribly wrong and a lot of people are going to be pissed off and it's just going to be a PR nightmare because Nintendo is not equipped to deal with this sort of transition. And and who knows? Maybe nothing changes about it. Maybe nothing about what they're doing changes and it's just now locked behind a paywall. Well, yeah, that's been the promise since they released the console. As far as purely just the online services goes, as far as me playing a video game with you, they're not adding to that. I had no false beliefs that, that they would add anything to that either. If they would have incorporated that, that would have been a system level kind of change, not tied to the online. They're not going to charge you to add like messaging, for example. That wouldn't make any sense. If that was going to be added, it'd be completely separate from the online model. You're right. You're right. They're just charging us to change nothing about their current model. Even right, better. Which is what they, they told us from the very beginning, since before the beginning, since January of last year. I still don't think that justifies. It doesn't justify it, but it's not like you shouldn't be upset about that now. You should have been upset about that last no, year. You should be upset about it because they did promise that there would be these extra things. And now the extra thing is just you're playing some shitty NES games with somebody. Maybe you shouldn't have jumped to any conclusion that Nintendo would do something properly. I know I, you're things. right. So that is on me. That's my fault. It's still frustrating and it makes me really not want to give them my money, but I still want to play Mario Kart. And I still want to play Splatoon online and I will be playing smash online provided that works. Exactly. So, and it seems like with their, um, their family bundle that they're not really tying anything back the only the worst thing that could happen is that whoever is in charge of the family account can like kick you off the family account but Ooh. if you're just doing that with a group of your friends then that shouldn't be a huge issue so as part of this online portion they showcased some new hardware and this oh, yeah this is what was gonna be fucking mad earlier because <laughs> it was just last podcast nick that i said I'm shocked that we haven't had any special edition Joy-Cons. Be careful what you wish for. That buggy's paw just, the finger curled. Fuck, dude. <laughs> I was like, I want some GameCube Joy-Cons, da-da-da-da-da. I brought up the NES, SNES-style Joy-Cons from Colorware and not a sponsor. We've but, seen stuff from like 8-Bit Doe. Yeah, and they, they had, they've had some great stuff. I talked about how great the Chinese knockoff replacement shells are that give you the D-pad. That Chinese mm. knockoff is so much better than Nintendo's, you know, factory left Joy-Con. I think we disagree on that, but Yeah, I'm not I'm not married to the the cross-shaped D-pad. I can't play the separate, without the separate it now. buttons feel fine to me because I I usually operate a D-pad as if I were operating buttons anyway. I'm not sliding around on there. That's really weird. You are an anomaly, my friend. Whatever. But, Sorry. <laughs> so they release these NES style controllers. It looks just like the NES controller, just like the NES classic controller. Okay. I, I was like, "All right, that's interesting." Of all the things to release, I guess it makes sense given that all these NES games are going to be available on the platform starting next week. All right. But then they said, and they attached your Switch. I don't know what I was waiting for. I was like, it's not going to split in half and like, this isn't an NES Joy-Con. I didn't know what I was waiting for, Nick. But they flipped the thing vertically and slid two full fucking controllers vertically onto the Switch. And it's really weird. It's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. No one's going to play it like that. They're not implying that you're going to play it like that. It's purely just for charging. But it's weird that they do that. It's convenience of being able to travel with two full controllers like that. And then, yeah, charging it. Yeah, that's going to fit in exactly what case. 
Well, that's the other problem, right? It, it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. I just saw that picture of those fucking vertical Joy-Cons. I, I was so disheartened. I was, I was out of the direct at that point. I was like, Nintendo, you're so fucking close, yet so fucking far. Another weird thing about that is that they, I'm pretty sure they're only going to be available to work with the NES games that you're getting from the online. I don't think they operate as like a normal controller. I don't think... It totally doesn't make sense. You know, all the third-party controllers act as a pro controller. Yeah, there's plenty of games that operate with only two buttons. Like, you can play Shovel Knight with just two face buttons. I mean, a lot of games don't, but you're right. There there are some games that you can. Go to 8-Bit Doe and fucking go buy their products. Their products are great. And they don't charge $60 for a pair. No, and the fact that they're only going to be available to online subscribers, and if you're in a family plan, only available to the person, you know, the one the one person who heads that family plan. Yeah, one per account, which I think is kind of a separate thing. Like, yeah, that's bad for this one product, but it's interesting for future things because it'll both make things harder to scalp, but also harder to, for a general audience to get. So it's going to be a limited... Limited kind of things are going to be released from this. Like if you go to the special offers page, currently you'll see the NES Joy-Cons that you can get if you're an online subscriber. And you'll also see the Splatoon gear that are available in-game. So when I initially heard about the special offers kind of segment of the online service, I kind of just figured it would be like with PS Plus or Xbox Live Gold, you just get sales for games in their, their shops. I figured that the special offers would be the same, but it seems like they're kind of reviving the Club Nintendo physical rewards kind of aspect from the past, but making it things that you can buy or perhaps you get just points for physical things, but just locking it behind the, the online subscription, which is kind of interesting. I don't know how bad that is yet. The current offering is not great, but it's interesting at the very least. Well, if there's one thing we need Nintendo to be, it's interesting. Right, never not, never not interesting. (laughs) Uh, One step forward, two steps back. I don't want to get hung up on it because it's just a Nintendo thing. It's stupid. What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? I've fully come around as you know a a rehabilitating collector. I am. I'm so against limited edition products. Not sorry, not limited edition, but limited quantity products with small production runs. I just bought the Spider-Man PS Pro. That's a quote-unquote limited edition. But if you wanted one in the first two weeks, you got one. Yeah, that's limited, but they made like probably 500,000 of them. Right. Nobody, again, who wanted one of those after the announcement in the first couple of weeks who said, I'm going to go pre-order that, nobody missed out on it. It makes sense that after a couple of weeks, they sell it. But it's like the NES Classic Edition sold out in minutes. The Amiibo, some of those sold out in minutes instantly. And now they're, they're offering this weird exclusive. It's just like, I'm so over that. Make products for the people who want to buy them. At least with this, is they're not selling it through retailers. They're selling it by themselves. That's not any better. I think it is because if you want it, you you have to get it yourself. And you're not going to be able to scalp it because anyone who wanted it already got it themselves. You know? Like, I'm sure in a year when they stop selling this thing, there might be some demand for it. But also, this is a hard gauge because who wants this anyway? But say they sell a limited edition Switch that is actually good on their online subscription service and it's limit one per customer, then that totally limits the ability for people to scalp it. Because if 500,000 people want to buy it and 500,000 people do buy it, then there's 500,000 of them and it's only limited by the demand. Well, you're operating under the assumption, it seems like, that they're making these to order. 
there still might only be 20,000 of these things. And they're going to sell out, and there are going to be people who do want them who aren't going to be able to get them. That is a thing that hasn't happened yet, so I don't know if that's going to happen. That's just that's the way I, I'm operating under. I, I'm trying to use the Nintendo's past precedent to gauge what this situation is going to, how it's going to unfold. And it seems to me that they're going to be super limited, and they're going to become even more limited based on the method you have to you know, go through to obtain one. So it's just it's fucking stupid. After the NES classic controller things with the online switch and the mumbo jumbo so many words i hate all the words they used we moved on to some other games got pokemon <laughs> let's go pikachu let's go eevee little thing that the pokemon company already showed this video last week showing the special techniques replacing the hms whatever if you're at nintendo and a company you work so closely with like the pokemon company comes out and big dicks them after nintendo says we're going to put the the thing on pause because of the earthquake in Japan. And they come out and they release their video anyway. That would, I mean, that's got to piss some people off over at Nintendo, right? Maybe. I don't know what that relationship's like. I mean, it's also a dick move for another Japanese company. For Nintendo to say, we're going to put this on pause out of respect for the thing happening in our country right now. And then Pokemon's like, we're just going to release all this info anyway. Like, it just strikes me as odd. And in a, a culture dominated by these these hierarchies and honor and sort of these, these, this strict procedure. It seems like a really weird thing for them to just release it anyway, knowing that it was going to be this exclusive bit of information in Nintendo's direct. It just, that's odd. Seems like a deck move, Pokemon. I'm not sure if this was after the original date for the direct. I just remember seeing the info sometime before the reissued direct. So I, I don't know. And also, it's not really that big of information. It's just, hey, these are what the HM replacements are like. Okay, here you go. Here's the Pikachu surfing. Isn't that neat? You can change their hair. Wow. We want people to buy this game still. <laughs> you can't really stop the cogs on a marketing machine, especially for a franchise as big as Pokemon. Information's going to come out anyway. Speaking of information already out, we got Diablo 3 showing off that Ganondorf and some Amiibo support. Okay, if you want to buy that game. You've had six years to do so. <laughs> Literally like five years. Well, I mean, it came out 2012, I think. So. Oh, my God. Got another Skyrim situation on our hands. Yeah. But, you know, good for Nintendo working with Blizzard for like the first time in forever. So maybe that is a sign of things to come. Maybe it's just another company trying to put out a 360 game on the hot new handheld. Who knows? I don't really have a lot of love for Diablo. Don't really care. I don't think you do either. No, sir. Okay. Super Mario Party. You like that game? <laughs> Another game I've got no interest in. I've never played a Mario Party game that wasn't released on the Wii U. And let me tell you how not fun that experience was. Oh my god, that's like a universally hated one. Yeah! Mario Party was cool on the N64, and I think I played one on GameCube. I would be not closed off to the idea of playing this game. I'd be curious if it's a classic experience. So like, we've got a beach trip maybe in October... And I might buy this just so we can play it there. So maybe I'll bring this. All right. We can play the Toad's Rec Room, put our switches together if we have two copies of the game. Oh my God. That's not going to be likely. No one else is buying this game, Nick. Okay. So we'll just flip steak cubes around. It's a mini party collection. I mean, you like mini or mini game collection. You like mini games, right? Uh, I'm a mini game fanatic. So how do you feel about popping back a couple brewskis and doing ridiculous crap as a Yoshi or a Toad or a Mario? Unless I can spin my palm on a, a joystick so viciously that it burns my skin off, I don't give a shit. 
you better believe I'm bringing my fingerless gloves for this game. Baby. After Mario Party, they showed a actual new game that we hadn't seen before, which is Town Working Title from Game Freak. So <laughs> during this direct, as tends to be the case, if, you, if you've been a listener to this podcast for a while, I'm at work and at this particular juncture, I am actually not in the office. I'm out on a shoot, but... I'm offloading footage to a laptop. I am in a place with Wi-Fi. So some of the guys are taking a break. Some of the guys are unloading. So it's kind of a lull in production where there's nothing really happening. I'm like, all right, I don't feel bad about popping this up on my computer, watching with one eye while I do X, Y, and Z. This part of the fucking direct, I completely missed because someone came down and said something. I had to shut the window down, whatever. I don't know anything about this. I didn't go back and watch it. All I know is that it's a new RPG from Game Freak, and you were not excited about it. It looks kind of cheap. I don't know if that's just indicative of it being early in development. It can't be that early because it comes out next year, apparently. They didn't show enough about it for me to be interested. It's hard to show a slice of an RPG anyway, so I don't know if it's just based on that or if it's just the art style. You should look at the trailer and give me your impressions eventually, but it seems... Like, not for me. I feel like it not looking great is probably just indicative of the fact that, you know, Game Freak hasn't really developed a modern game. They're kind of stuck in 1990 fucking nine or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of what they do. Yeah, which people like. I usually like. I just haven't seen enough in this game to be interested. So, something to keep an eye on if you care about RPGs and your Nintendo Switch. Uh, next game showed was City Skylines coming to your Switch. This was, I believe, announced in the interim between the two uh, announcements and then showings of the Direct. It's like SimCity. It's a city building game. It's had relatively good success on PC. I believe it came to Xbox One first and then PS4 a little bit after that. And now it's on Switch. Nice to see the the big indies being shown off on Switch. Seems like people buy those games and Nintendo is giving them a a good platform for them. That's kind of cool. It's not a bad thing for the Switch to be receiving support from bigger companies. That's a good thing. So I'm glad that it's happening from that standpoint. Right. After that, got a little bit more shown from Damon X Machina. Just uh, some look at how the progression's looking for the characters and your mechs. Uh, they mentioned four-player co-op, which gave me a bit of a, a Monster Hunter kind of vibe. How do you feel about this game? Do you have any interest in the mecha or the multiplayer aspect? Or the single player aspect or anything about this game? No, when I look at this game, it looks old to me. Met games were really popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. We had a, a million of them. And there's still a couple of Japanese, you know, developers who that's all they do is they do the Met games. I mean, we just had a, a new Gundam game come out for Christ's sake. It's 2018. So there's still a place for these sort of games. Yeah, I just, it doesn't interest me again. It's something that I look at and I say, hmm, it doesn't move the needle for me. Who's developing this game? It is marvelous and a it's got some names in the field that people understand like i guess well the character creator for the like the people like the designer is from fire emblem someone from the fire emblem series and one of the mech designers is from like worked on armored core games so they have a a history in these kind of games sort of that double a kind of uh exclusive that i'm keeping an eye on because not because i am super into mechs by any means but because i like action games and the multiplayer aspect of it interests me especially with how much i like monster hunter world i would like to play a game that sort of scratches that same loot loop kind of itch 
without getting into a a more western kind of predatory environment where you're gonna get nickel and dimed a whole bunch anyway. moving on yoshi's crafted world do you care about yoshi in a platformer where he is cute and he moves left to right and then sometimes right to left in a different perspective i played yoshi's really world I didn't beat it because I kind of got caught up in trying to do the completionist thing. Oh, same. And (laughs) which always happens. And, you know, I never actually follow through. Except, my friend, just to preface what's going to happen later, I'm in 97% to the platinum in Spider-Man. Till I see that 100%, I don't care. 97. I didn't hit 97% no Yoshi's Woolly World. Well, I don't care about your bad completionistness at Yoshi either. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a game that. <laughs> okay, Xena. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it, it's a game that I will consider playing if the price is right. I'm not going to spend sixty dollars on it. Oh, EJ, it's you sweet summer child. What? I got news for you. It's going to be sixty dollars. Oh, I know. I'm just saying I'm not going to spend sixty on it. So, or I'm not going to spend forty-seven on it with my discount at Best Buy. I'm going to wait. This is going to be a Black Friday. It'll be ten dollars off or something, and then I'll stack those discounts. We'll see what happens. You're not going to still have Gamers Club Unlocked on Black Friday, will you? Yeah, we've talked about this. I have it through 2020, like the end of 2020. Oh, my God. I need to memorize your phone number. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Use it, man. We're going to be milking it, man. Like, I, I must have re-upped the week before they announced it was going bye-bye. Oh, uh, you lucky bastard. Yeah. Oh, you poor guy. Yeah, Yoshi. I'll probably buy it. I'm a huge mark. I love Yoshi. I'll buy it. You just need it. more adorable little red cases for your bookshelf behind you. Oh, boy, do I. Little tiny guys. After Yoshi moved on to a weird kind of surprise announcement with some company I've never heard of, where they're going to be converting some tabletop games to be available on your Nintendo Switch in a, a tabletop console. You know what I'm saying? Do you get that? Get that little bit? Yeah, getting Carcassonne, a game I've played. Really? Yeah, I played that with Johnny way back in the day. Really? Shocking. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the games that I believe Anna and AJ uh, brought back over from their time in Germany. Huh. Because <laughs> oh, wow. you look at that word and you're like, yeah, I bet some Germans play that game. Well, shouts to at Jay Weezy. Yeah, dude. Find him on Twitter. <laughs> Go bug him about <laughs> video games. <laughs> that dude hasn't played a video game in 10 years. I, yeah, I think he's played Halo a couple times. But yeah, just some random, like, kind of cool tabletop games getting some Catan, some munchkin pandemic is huge uh lord of the rings have never played that uh living card game but the other games yeah sure i like the principle of it right yeah me too that's that's the big thing is i like the principle of it not necessarily i'm not like itching to go out and get these because if i had then i would already have these tabletop games but i like the idea of it yeah there are a lot of games that i would like to see translated like this but again it's 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 nice on paper but in reality, am I ever going to play these games? No. I'm never yeah, going to. Yeah, because they're all multiplayer games, and who wants to hang out with people, you know? That's dumb. Right. But you know what I do want to fucking play? Is the next game on this list. This was another one that was announced. That's uh, Sid Meier's Civilization Six. So, I have not played Civ Six. I played Civ 3, 4, and 5 extensively. I played a lot of Age of Empires 2. I played a lot of Rise of Nations. I love all of those games dearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was playing Civ Five as late as 2014. All of these on PC, I'm assuming, right? You didn't play any of the Civ Revolution games? Uh, I played Civ Rev on Xbox 360 
very simplified version of the game, but I absolutely loved it. I played right. that last year. How do you how do you feel about uh, this one? Do you think it does it look like it compares to the full blown PC version? I don't know anything about the PC version, so I couldn't tell you. I don't right. know by looking at it. It looks like Civilization. I'll be curious okay. to see how some of these, uh, you know, as far as the UI and the mechanics, how that works on a little tiny screen and how well it utilizes touchscreen, if at all. Mm-hmm. It, it's either going to be amazing and I'm going to love this game. And I'm going to play it for 300 hours or it's going to be an absolute disaster. Like, I feel like there's no in between, right? It's right. not going to be a so-so port. It's either going to work or it's not. And it's already out on uh, iPad. So I would assume it is very similar to that version of it. So this also makes me question, again, because I'm not familiar with Civ Six. It, it makes me wonder if this is true to the Civilization roots and is it as comprehensive of a package or, you know, the fact that it's on mobile and stuff like... Well, it's not on mobile. It's only on iPad. Okay, so it's on mobile. Well, I'm just saying, like, iPads are stronger than iPhones. Right, but I just mean the fact that it, it's, it came to a platform like that. What does that say for some of the backend stuff? Are there are there in it in-game purchases? Are you going to be trying to microtransact my, my ass to death? It's a civilization. There's DLC and like expansions, but I don't think there's any microtransactions to that extent. Okay, that, that scares me. I'm like, it's on an iPad. That's that's peculiar. Yeah, so, but it's like a forty dollar iPad game. Good as well. It should be. It's it's a full blown you know it's a full blown game. But yeah, I don't know. I'll be curious to see what the reviews look like. How the game runs again. How it how you control the game. Does it work with the Switch's interface? the way mm-hmm. it should you know to me it seems like what it's going to be is it's going to have no touchscreen integration and it's just going to be a mouse pointer that you control with the left stick <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean just like, just like stardew valley right Which, oh my god that is not what i want that would make that would turn me off i would not buy it if that were the case it's weird that this is coming to the switch it's weird to me because we have not gotten a full-blown civilization game on console ever so i mean the closest we got was civilization revolution on on 360, and then we had, I think we had some DS titles or whatever, the Civ Rev games, but, so it's just interesting to me that it's coming to the Switch. PlayStation 4 doesn't have Civilization. Well, what I'm wondering is, I didn't check to see if this was the case, but I'm wondering if it's also coming to PS4 and Xbox One, but that Nintendo sealed the marketing deal to be mm. the ones to announce it coming to console. Yeah. Which they've done before, and it's a very smart move because they can say, hey, it's coming to Switch, and everyone remembers it as being announced for Switch. Right. So that's your platform of choice when you think about it as a console platform. Fingers crossed that it's a killer app, dude. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I I would love that just for you. <laughs> appreciate appreciate it, buddy. I got you back. Hey, so this this next one on here, I'm reading your notes. It cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, man. Next game I got on here is Starlink Battle for Atlas, the game that was announced last E3 coming from Ubisoft. Yeah. Which is always it's been kind of interesting to me kind of despite itself because they've they initially showed it they touted it as kind of like a toys to life kind of scenario but in that same breath they're like oh but you don't you don't need the toys to life it's kind of like an optional thing so it's like how into it are you and then this last e3 they got to show off that they got freaking star fox stuff going on in that game right which i feel like from this point on no one is going to think about this as a ubisoft game that's their own ip it's just a star fox game and at this last little direct, they showed off that they got another Star Fox character and he was eating a little bite of a leg and he was talking about eating food on Corneria. And it's, oh, this this looks like the best Star Fox game we've had in 20 years. Dude, you literally read my mind. That is exactly <laughs> the next sentence that was going to come out of my mouth. It is, got you, dude. It is the it, best. It's going to be the best Star Fox game in two decades. Come on. We, 
We are simpatico on this. Dude, it's... <laughs> so, so does this make me interested in playing it? No, because no. you don't care about Star Fox. I, mean, I love Star Fox 64, and I bought the remake on 3DS, and I played the shit out of that. It's a great little arcade experience. Mm-hmm. It, but there's also, I think, a reason we haven't been able to emulate that. You know, on paper, it looks like this should be really easy to, to just clone and and make new levels and do the exact same thing. But I don't think that gameplay necessarily works in 2018. You can't sell a whole game based on a couple of arcade levels blasting through space. Well, it's also that they haven't really done that. They've they've kind of taken the core experience of Star Fox and strayed from it just enough for it to not feel like Star Fox anymore without it really innovating in any other kind of aspect. So with this, I feel like we've got a good chance of it being actually a good game in addition to having a bunch of Star Fox stuff tacked on. So I'm very interested in this. It seems like a very open experience. You're going from planet to planet. You're doing these missions. And you can play the entire game as Star Fox from start to finish. So that's really cool. And you've got interactions in game. You've got all these like voice lines and stuff. It seems very like a cute kind of way to play the game on Nintendo Switch. So I'm into it. Very Super cool. Super into it. After that, we got a game that I think only Leaf cares about. Shouts out to Leaf, you son of a bitch. You have not written back into the podcast, and for that, uh, I will never speak to you again. But good for you. You're getting this weird game. This is the last uh, we will be referencing that man on this podcast, and that is The World Ends With You Final Remix. Like, the way they stylize it and the, the graphic itself is very goofy, and hey, check it out. It's Square Enix made a game that isn't Final Fantasy. Let me tell you how uninterested I am. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they... Uh, this is what I always fear when we're talking about a game that's ported from DS to Switch or from DS to really any other platform where I don't feel like it really captures the original kind of charm that the game had because of the platform it was on. Right. These games at the time are made, you know, the DS is a very, this is a very bite-sized console. It's a very, you know, these, these small packages and sort of, I, I totally feel what you're saying. And for it to now be on like this modern console as a full fledged experience, like it's it doesn't translate. And it's a very specific interface too, where you're holding the the console with one hand and doing touchscreen controls on the other, and you have two screens. I mean, it's a very a very rote experience. So hopefully they pull this off, and people who want it like it. But it's it doesn't interest me in the slightest, and that's that's kind of a bummer because people really like this game and they talk very highly of it. And I'm not going to go back and play it on DS. And if this doesn't really nail it, then I don't know if they're ever going to iterate on it, you know? Right. Good for you, Mystery Man, who you shall not name ever again. Fatimi Bumari or whatever the fuck your name was in that email that you definitely didn't write to us. Excuse me. That was the actual princess of Nigeria or or something. (laughs) I don't don't know. That was so long ago. It was a whole episode ago. After Twiwi, as I will call that acronym. Twiwi. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, uh, they showed some more of that prequel DLC expansion thing, which from reviews that I've read is actually a pretty meaty bit of content, about 10 or 12 hours of a RPG and they change up the battle system. They show some cool stuff that if you play the full game, you get a, some nice little backstories going on. I'm actually probably going to get this. I imagine if they're releasing an entire standalone Switch game fully packaged it's a meaty dlc yeah that makes a lot of sense and that's cool this is a game i have not played but you went just ham on over christmas break last year was that what it was christmas break it came out in december so yeah i played this december and january pretty heftily so yeah i'm gonna pick this up 
expect my impressions eventually. Eventually. That, that, that's the key. Eventually. Yeah. We still haven't talked to Octopath. I, the guys have been asking for it for like four or five weeks now. I am going to play it now that Spider-Man is coming to a close. I am going to play it. We will talk about it. Yeah, maybe even next week. Who knows? I don't know. That's a whole week from now. You're going to work another 70-hour week, and you're not going to play a single video game. Dude, I worked, I worked 80 hours. Hold on. I've been on the clock 80 hours from Sunday to Sunday. 80 hours this week. That doesn't include my side work, right? My own business, doing things in the evenings, editing, production, planning, whatever. But also, somehow I've managed to jump from 0 to 97% completion in Spider-Man. You tell me. What did I lose out on this week? Lots of sleep. Lots of sleep. Tell you right now, I don't deserve you. After Xenoblade, we got a sizzle reel showing off some uh, announced dates for some games we already knew about. Wait, hold on. Which give me, really give, interest me. This is what I want to do here. Tell me if you're, if you're down with this. I want you to just throw these at me, sizzle reel style. I'm just going to give you some off the cuff. Boom. Okay. First off, we got Warframe coming November 20th, 2018. Boom. I love Destiny. We've been asking for this for freaking ever. Destiny 2. Here we go. Warframe. Let's do it. Space Ninjas. All right. We got Just Nance 2019 coming October 23rd, 2018. Ubisoft. What do you... Why? Do these games sell? Pick up your version on Wii today. And then we got FIFA 19 coming September 28th, 2018, which is a couple weeks from now. How in the world can the most popular sport in the world also simultaneously be the worst possible sport to watch in the world. I don't get it, but the game's coming out. And EA will take all your money for it. We got Team Sonic Racing coming out this winter. Who knows when that is? Is this like Crash Team Racing, which was trying to be like Mario Kart? It's just, do we need this? Sega needs this. We got NBA <laughs> 2K19, which is out right now. <laughs> hey, I loved the 2K games nine years ago, and then they got bad, and then they got good again, but then they released them on Switch, and they were a fucking nightmare disaster. Have they fixed it? Who knows? I'm not going to buy it. Pick up your gold, silver, or platinum version today. We got NBA <laughs> 2K Playgrounds 2 coming out this fall. This actually looked like some NBA jam. I almost want to say I heard a he's on fire at the start of the trailer. I, I may have been imagining that. 2K is hoping that you got hit in the head and you forgot that the old game was bad. We got <laughs> Lego DC Supervillains coming out October 16th, 2018. Dude, nice. The 112th Lego game. Super stoked on this. So this is the one that gets me back into Lego games. And they had 30 chances to get you in, but this is the one. <laughs> All right. So Here, here's, the big, here's the big fatty. Here's the big fatty that... Listen, I don't want to step in your toes here, Nick, because this is your list. But I feel like we can just sum this up in a couple of sentences. Final Fantasy. Have you heard of them? <laughs> <laughs> They're releasing exactly 19 Final Fantasy games on oh, the Switch. Oh, excuse me. It's actually eight. Oh, math. <laughs> so pretty much all of them except for that bad one. Well, all the 3D ones. Except for a few of the bad ones, I guess. So let lead off with Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which was announced... Would have been a really hype uh, thing if they had been the first to announce it. Which seems so weird to me because I remember this game getting really lukewarm reception on the GameCube. People were saying, yeah, oh, it's not a Final Fantasy game. Revisionist history is stronger than real history, that, dude. Yes, 100%. I agree with you. So, like, like I've said before, I don't know if this is a good game. I remember playing it. I remember enjoying it. I don't remember why, though. I don't remember a single thing about this game, except that this, like how this weird four-player mode. There was a man who carried a bucket, and he didn't want to be that man, and that it was a GameCube exclusive. My guy, you need to eat more more carrots or broccoli or something, man, because your memory your memory is... is it, that is not a steel trap, my friend. Yours is more like a rusty bucket. 
I've got really good memory sometimes. No, you remember things is what you're saying. I, I'll tell you one thing that I remember. What were we talking about? <laughs> Ooh. Moving on from Crystal Chronicles, which I don't think either of us have a lot of things to say about. I don't care about any of these Final Fantasy games. Any yeah, of them. Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition was already shown to be coming to Xbox One and PS4. What is that? Pocket Edition. It's the uh, mobile port of Final Fantasy 15, where it's the entire game except for some of the open world elements, and the characters are really weird, chibi, like PS2 looking character models instead of like the pretty good looking ones they are, are in the full game. Who the fuck asked for this? Why did they devote time and money to this? Makes no sense Square to me. Enix loves to put games on mobile and do a bad job with it. These are all going to be awful ports, aren't they? Eh, I mean, define awful port. Like, the port job is bad or the game that they made is bad. Yes. But it's a good version of that game. I don't know. But yeah, World of Final Fantasy don't really have any input on that. It's like a weird chibi game. Doesn't look like a thing. No. World of Final Fantasy, but, Maxima. Yeah. I don't know what that uh, is. The Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon. The Mystery Dungeon games are kind of interesting. This is like a port of a PS3 game that I never heard of. I haven't heard about half these things. You have heard of Final Fantasy 12. Maybe. I mean, technically, like Final Fantasy I've heard of. You throw it's a number after one. it. Final Fantasy 12 came out on PS2 really late in the PS2 life cycle. Pretty sure it came out like 2006. Kind of interesting, kind of MMO, kind of combat. It got a port to the PS4 and Xbox One earlier this year. I know Final Fantasy 7. I know yep. Final Fantasy 10 and 10 2. Mm-hmm. I technically technically know Final Fantasy 4 and 6, which was 2 and 3 here in the States, only because Super Nintendo. I know what those look like. Never played them. Mm-hmm. I know that Final Fantasy 3 got a remake on Steam. That's all I know about Final Fantasy. I, I played an hour of Final Fantasy 7, and it controlled like shit, and it looked like shit, and I said, I don't know why people like this game, and I put it away forever. It's a PlayStation game. Yeah. A lot of them checked both those boxes. <laughs> it's weird, though how ubiquitous Final Fantasy really is though. Like one of my one of my production buddies, he's like 36, 37 years old. The dude doesn't fuck give a lick about fucking video games. He doesn't give a shit. One day I'm talking to one of my other coworkers and he's a huge video game guy. And we're going back and forth and I mentioned Final Fantasy. He's like and Anthony's like Final Fantasy? I'm like, "What? Yeah." He's like, "Oh man. I played the shit out of Final Fantasy 10." And I was like, "This is like an old dude with like a family and like I was like, you, you play Final Fantasy X? He's like, oh yeah, I did. He's like, I did. I put, played that game for hundreds of hours. I did everything you could possibly do. I went into the final boss fight after completing the game and just like, boom, boom, boom. Killed his ass and that was the end of it. Never went back, never played it again. And he was just done with games. Like Final Fantasy X robbed him of the will to entertain himself. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, no. So Final Fantasy, cool, great, awesome. Don't give that much of a shit. Wait, are these getting physically released? Or are these just downloads? Oh, they're probably just going to be downloads. I think Final Fantasy twelve has a decent chance of getting a physical release because they, it's like the newest one of these. Square's been going back and like porting games to like Steam and current consoles and giving them kind of a quality of life improvements. Not really anything too extreme, but say in like Final Fantasy seven, I think they basically just unlock cheat codes so you can speed up battles and give yourself maximum hit points and money and stuff maximum hit points like i said maximum hit points but just to let people go through and play however they want to play pretty much which is you know fine what's the last thing here before we get to the hype the only hype moment of this direct they showed smash bros ultimate bundle with the the bad joy cons and the the funky dock which was leaked uh, a couple weeks ago with a blurry kind of image like a someone took a photo photo with their phone of a computer screen Right. From a from a retailer. 
which coincided with so it's it's launching on November 2nd and then I got an email from Best Buy saying that my pro controller that I pre-ordered got right. moved to November 2nd and then the next day I got an email from Best Buy saying that the date for the pro controller moved back to December 7th. So What's going on at Best Buy? I have no idea. <laughs> we talked about this last week. They're all over the place. Right. But I did think that it was very funny when they kind of sidebar to this. They finally showed the uh, box art for the Pro Controller bundle that comes with the steelbook of the game. Pretty sure right. the one that you got. They showed the side of the box and it's got some, you know, uh, roster character portraits. Right. But has a very conspicuous blank spot in the bottom right corner which then, of course, took the internet by storm and led to a bunch of crazy conspiracy videos and theories and the kind of juicy stuff that I love and hate at the same time. And I was wondering if you had been exposed to any of those wild rumors and speculations. It makes plenty of sense that you look at the packaging and you say, okay, Nintendo, there's space here. From a design standpoint, that doesn't work, right? Nintendo is very intentional in their branding and in their messaging with with art, you know art direction and design, there are two more characters fitting onto that box. Well, here's the thing. So let's break this down a little bit. People went full Aspergers, and they're going by how many characters were omitted from the right side, and going back and forth, they found a pattern from what would be assumedly shown on the left side of the box, which has been obscured to this point, right. and then going back to the right side of the box, and there have been... 68 characters but that is combining the me fighters they're adding the me fighters individually and the pokemon trainer characters individually but they only have one uh portrait right and they're not counting echo fighters which do have portraits so it ends up being that there are 70 characters and there are room in the box for 72 and isabel wasn't even shown on the box it was just announced there's room for one more character so there's room for two more characters, but it's one on each side of the box. Right, right, right. Just the two on that one side. Okay. Just breaking down the madness for you a little bit. That completely tracks. If we get two more characters... Here's the thing. Based on how they've retroactively added Echo Fighters, so Dark Samus is right by Samus in the uh, Smash Bros. website. Right. So based on the uh, area where there are there should be nine characters on the left, there are eight. So they're assuming that there's going to be an Echo Fighter in this span of characters. So the theory just goes completely off the rails and I love it. I'm here. All, for all it. we know is that there are more characters coming, but all <laughs> like, we know is that there are more characters coming, which we knew already. Right. And also we've known that Nintendo has these mock-ups that they're not afraid to change because we got that initial huge banner of smash bros characters, which they end edited and moved characters around to add King K rule and Crom and dark Samus. And they even like made a point of like fading them in and like, oh, what does that mean? Like, well, it means that they have these images of characters that they can move around at will because they have graphic designers doing this stuff. Right. And I just think it's really funny that there's a whole theory based on the box art of a pro edition. I just love the idea that people are so convinced that, okay, so this means that Ryu is getting an Echo Fighter and that there's going to be at least one new character and that it's probably going to be so-and-so, whatever. Right. At this point, I don't give a fuck. I just want a demo. Let me play Smash Bros. For the love of Christ, let me play Smash Bros. I think, based on the launch date of the uh, Ultimate Bundle, which is that that bad Joy-Con and the weird dock, coming out a full month before the game releases, I think there's going to be a demo coming out that week. 
Wait, wait, wait. How is the Ultimate Bundle coming out before the game releases? The Ultimate Bundle is... The Joy-Cons and the Dock. It's the $360 Switch Bundle with the game as a download code. So you get a download code, which then will download when the game comes out. Okay. Hey, I hate when you don't get a physical copy of the game in a special edition bundle. Shouts out to Sony for packaging the Spider-Man PS4 Pro with a physical copy of Spider-Man. Yeah, it's a very, that's a rarity. Trying to save money as much as they can with those bundles. But yeah, I think that there's going to be a Smash demo, probably a online subscriber-based demo, trying to get people to shivvy, shimmy, shimmy out their $20. Sooner rather than later, hopefully. Give it to me next week. Give it to me this week. No, you're going to get it in two months, and you're going to like it. Hey. Uh, after that, they showed... A wonderful bait and switch with Isabel in the mayor's office from Animal Crossing. Having a cute little interaction. It's a cute little thing. She's like, oh man, the villager, the, the mayor hasn't been in town for a while. He's been too busy camping and, and uh, smashing. Right. And then the little, pe- little Peter Pelican comes in with a little mail. And boy, Isabel got that letter. I was convinced, especially based on the things she- Isabel was saying, I swear this was for a new Animal Crossing game. I was like, oh, it's going to be Smash. I was like, no, 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 it's not going to be Smash. And then it was Smash, and I was kind of fucking pissed off. I was like, I don't need Isabel in Smash Brothers. I have Villager. I, I don't need Isabel. I don't care. You don't need anyone in Smash Brothers. I don't need any char- new characters, but it's so nice to see him. And I, and it's it's just a, a nice little thing. And she's so cute, and her moveset is nice. She's not an Echo Fighter of villager even though she does borrow some of his kind of moves so that's a whole another kind of topic in and of itself like what constitutes an echo fighter when Krom is an echo fighter of roy but he's got a different up b uh, isabel has the two of the same specials as villager but she's not i don't know it's all fucking stupid i'm here for it though i, I like isabel and i'm and i like that she's in smash that's fine i would have been really unhappy if we hadn't got the animal crossing announcement directly afterward and because they knew my, what they're doing yeah. They knew what they were doing. It wasn't as good as the King K. Rule bait and switch. That was nice. That was a legitimately like great gotcha moment where people were like, pieces of shit. I wasn't baited at all in that moment. It was just a cute little character moment. I watched a lot of Twitch stream reactions. A lot of people were pissed off for just a moment there. When you're streaming yourself reacting to a thing, that immediately changes whether or not your reaction is valid. <sighs> wow. Way to gatekeep. It's true. Way to gatekeep my fucking community, Nick. I'll call it as it is, man. That's the truth. Yeah, no, when they when they did this and I, I said to myself, this better be this better be Animal Crossing. And then I said, Ooh, the graphics actually the, it kinda looks like shit. It was it was like it doesn't look very refined. And then when they did that, I was like, Oh, okay. It makes sense that this was a slap together little you know, it makes sense. And it was the exact same layout as the uh, mayor's office in three DS on uh, New Leaf. Well, for a, a brief moment I thought, Am I getting a, a new leaf port? I would, I'd be perfectly happy with a new leaf port. That would have been so awful. I hate that. I'd be perfectly happy with it. I just want Animal Crossing, man. Yeah, but I want it to be better than New Leaf. Well, yeah, I agree. But it could be they New Leaf. They wouldn't do that if they just ported it. My issue with New Leaf all comes down to UI and a couple of like quality of life things, like how big your pocket space is. And, you know, just the game itself is perfect to me. Like, I'll play it again. They wouldn't change those things if they ported it, which is well, why I'm glad that we're getting a new. Frickin' Animal Crossing next year, baby. Let's do it. Dude, Tom, look, man. That dude's a creepy. Sociopath. I love him. Yeah, he's fucked up, dude. I'm all about it, man. I can't wait. 2019. Hopefully it doesn't get delayed. Hopefully it's earlier in the year than later. Who knows? It probably won't be. But 
you know, good for them for at least putting that out there. Like I said earlier, on paper, you look at it and say, oh, man, we got a new Luigi's Mansion game and we got a new Animal Crossing game. And all right. That's a good direct right there. Yeah, that's not a bad direct. Two big announcements and then a bunch of little things, which, you know, are what they are. But it, it is not the worst direct in years, as I told the group chat. Yeah, you had a very hot take right there. That was a uh, that was too hot to handle. I left. I, that take. Yeah, I left this direct just being like that. Fucking sucked. That was not exciting. None of this I care about. Leave it up to Nintendo. Well, here's the thing about Nintendo is they do these directs so often. They do several of these a quarter that you can't expect earth shattering news every single time. And that's what we want. That's like as fans of of this industry and this being our hobby. That's what we want, man. We want the E3 fucking presentation to come in and kick us in the balls and give us all these things that we've been talking about for a year doing three of these or more every quarter this is just a news update this is just a, a glimpse into the they future don't do, they don't do three like general directs every quarter they do like one every quarter like general purpose directs we've had this one we had e3 we had the i think we had one in may or uh, march excuse me Okay. And maybe one in June or uh, January. I'm just completely... I don't know what the fuck you just said. <laughs> I'm dyslexicking my months. But yeah, there's been like four this year. Everything else has been specific to a thing. And then sometimes they'll sprinkle something in. Fair. Like they had a direct that was like, okay, here's a direct, but we're going to be focusing on Splatoon. And they did that earlier this year. And it was like a 20 minute direct with 10 minutes on Splatoon. And then they just shadow dropped, hey, Smash Bros is coming out this year. Get ready for it. Which they can't always do that because they can't always announce a new Smash game because that's one of the few things that you and I are both always going to be extremely excited about. Always. Even if it is a character that you don't want in Smash for some reason. Listen, Goku or bust. If I don't get Goku, I don't give a shit. I don't want you memeing on me, dude. Stop memeing on me. Listen, if I don't get Super Saiyan Waluigi, I'm going to lose my shit. I just want the, was it, the Labo guy? Fuck you. I'm wondering, are we going to get a, a weird, like a really truly weird character in this Smash Bros.? We talked about we this. We haven't seen one yet. We, th- we talked about this, and you talked shit to me by saying that Berto wasn't weird enough. He's not. She's not weird enough. He, he she? No. Which, which one is it, Nick? She. Get your pronouns correct here, buddy. Wow. Mr. Game & Watch was weird. Rob was weird. We Fit Trainer was weird. Those characters aren't really game characters, but they have like a history with Nintendo and their video games. So, like, wh- I want another weird one. I love it. I'm... Yeah. I'm I'm for it. What would the weird one be? I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Nintendogs. <laughs> Is the- They're already a background. They're a stage. They yeah. are an assist trophy. Fair. But yeah. Anyway, I-, I wanted to talk about Spider-Man here, but we're pretty late into this thing. And so what I think is going to happen is uh, as soon as I platinum the game, I'm going to do a special pod with you and Andrew or Adam or somebody. We're going to talk Spider-Man at some point this month before we get too far from it. Right. But it's not going to be tonight because, like I said, it's getting late and we're two hours into this thing and we are uh, going to wrap it up. Yeah, we're Nintendo boys. That was a, a pretty beefy direct. I saw 35 minutes. I did, I knew there was going to be a lot, but I didn't know how much of it was going to be good. And I feel like most of it was good to okay. Wasn't really let down by a lot. I'm fine with the three weird 3S titles they showed. The online is a bummer, but I kind of figured it was going to be a bummer from the get-go, so that wasn't like a huge surprise or disappointment. Right. I was sort of I was braced for that. Give me the Animal Crossing, dude. Give me give me Smash Bros first, actually. Yeah. That's yeah. That's right around the corner, man. I mean, I can't believe we're in September, mid-September. I mean, we were just we were just doing this 
months and months ago and talking about how, you know, I just, it, time flies. Christmas will be here before we know it. We'll be playing Smash. Oh, it'll be a grand old time. Anyway, this has been a very special edition of the Console Crusade podcast. Find us on Twitter at Console underscore Crusade. Find my guy Nick at Press Till Death. I am at E-Jiggle. Email us questions, comments, concerns, feedback at ConsoleCrusade.com. Uh, we were going to do a listener mail this week, but nobody wrote, wrote in to us. We're very sad, and we don't know if you're actually listening unless you email us. We need that <laughs> affirmation. Uh, we need internet pats on the back. Well, please. you know, if we needed affirmation, we'd be begging for reviews. We don't want affirmation. We just want engagement. We're doing this. Well, we want engagement because we don't know if you actually like us. So I don't want a review because what if you give us a three? Here's the thing. I don't care if they like us. I care if I'm having a good time having a conversation with my buddy. I, I don't know. I want to be liked. <laughs> I don't not want to be liked. I'm just saying. Also fair. If they don't, it's, I, think, I, I think we both are pretty doing pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm not going to change what I am doing or how I am or who I am because... People don't like me. I want to change for the better. I want to improve. I want to always be better than I was. Of course, constructive criticism is different than, I don't like you guys. Okay, don't listen to us. You know, I'll take that also. I, I They can keep it to themselves. They can just, I don't need to know Questions, that. Questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, corrections, and clarifications. Oh, wow, dude. Alliteration fucking enrages me. Take it back. Sorry. <laughs> listen, I did that on a shoot last week. And I am like 99% positive the guy didn't know what alliteration meant. And he was like offended that I was like, I was just doing a bit. He's a guy, we fuck around a lot. He's technically my boss during this production, but we have a good, we have a good rapport. We bullshit with each other. He gives me shit. I give him shit. He alliterated something. And I just did that bit where I was like, don't you fucking dare. Like alliteration enrages me. And he legitimately didn't know what that, what I was talking about. He looked at me like, what the fuck? Maybe he's got alliteration. Hey, on that note, we bring things to a close. <laughs> Bazinga, we're out, we're done.